Welcome to Faith Over Breakfast. You are listening to a podcast by Pastor Eric Seepin and Pastor Andy Littleton. If you enjoy Faith Over Breakfast, we encourage you to rate it on the Apple Podcast app, on Spotify, or Google Play. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. All right. Well, welcome to Faith Over Breakfast. My name is Eric Seepin, and I am pastor of the village. And across from me is Andy Littleton, who is pastor of Mission. We're headed on a big retreat soon. Yeah, we'll see um, you in the morning. See each other in the morning. We're headed to El Paso to hang out with a bunch of other pastors and make big decisions. Mm. But we just talked about the environment and about uh, discipleship. And I think this is this is our lightning round Um Obviously, we're we're missing any of those special producers because they haven't, you know, jumped on yeah. there and clicked little, the support thing. It's so. a lot of pressure to be an inside producer. It I, is. I uh, was thinking, like, I don't even know if I'm ready for it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I I was going to ask you to kind of step down as an inside producer. Fine, please. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're over, down for a while. Feel like you're overpaid. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so if you want to support us, uh, or if you don't want to, but feel the like Mm. This is the one thing that God has put in front of you to do. <laughs> then please help uh, support us. We would love to not have to pay eighteen dollars a month to put this up because so, you know, it's a man. It's a burden. It's a burden. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> we love you. This is a great conversation. We hope you enjoyed it. If you want to ask us questions and have us lightning round it, faith over breakfast at gmail dot com. Approved. All right. Well, uh, we got to jump right in. All right, lightning round for Faith Over Breakfast. So, so here was, here's what I, I just wanted to, uh, hey, it's a quick quick breakfast with you. Look, it's so quick. I'm removing my keys from the table. Thank you. Please, please. Oh, thanks. So quick you have coffee exchange coffee. That says something. I've been up since 530. Good job. That's great. Um, well, uh, okay. So... It snowed here again the it other day. It snowed and on so, Sunday, right? Yeah. It's and, snowing in California. And I was coming back from New Mexico, and it was it snowed, it snowed really hard on our way out. But that wasn't quite as surprising. But the uh, I, just wanted to ha- I just wanted to talk about the weather. Let's talk about the weather. You know, just kind of, wow, the, the snow. And then, but look here, as pastors, um, it used to be. When we were getting started, if you were a pastor that talked about environmental issues, you yeah. were immediately categorized real fast. As a left-wing progressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe your theology is a little light and weak. Yeah, maybe you don't believe in Jesus or <laughs> that he died on the cross. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And so the – but I have noticed – I've noticed opinions um, shifting shifting because it's just seems to be evident that the weather's been different. Or at least there's some good confirmation bias built into things. There's good confirmation bias, but, but, but I mean, if you're looking for it, you can find it. Yeah. Yeah. But also the weather's been different. I mean, we had the rainiest summer in a hundred years. Yeah. But that means a hundred years ago, there was a yeah. rainier summer. Yeah, I'm but not, in our lifetime, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm I'm not saying that the weather isn't crazy or that yeah. the things aren't shifting. Yeah, I'm just yeah. yeah. 
So what do you what do you think? This this is exactly the conversation I wanted to have. What do I think about the environment? Well, I think the or God the, uh, the crazy weather or yeah, I think God gave us the responsibility to take care of our earth, and that I am not one of those people that when it says that God is creating new heavens and new earth, that I think that it means a complete destruction of this. I believe right. it is a renewal of what he has created and to bring it back to what it was called to, but that we play a part in that because we have been given mm-hmm. um, a rule over this world, right? We've been right. We're supposed to be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth. Um, and so, by so, subdue the earth, it would be also a big part of that would be to take care of it. Yeah, right? yeah. no, I, I would completely I argue that. I think when I first got married to my wife. Um, we were very much environmentalists yeah. in the very classic sense. And we spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to have the smallest footprint. Yeah. But it, in your case, you've kind of got big feet. I got big feet. So it was very difficult. Yeah. Uh, and what we discovered is it's almost impossible to live as a first century or first century, a first world uh, person and not hurt the environment. In well, the, many, and many different ways. The idea that you're going to be righteous in this, and what I mean by that is that you're going to cut out all the things that hurt the environment. It, you know, good luck. I mean, you think you're doing it buying an electric car? No, you're not, because the the lithium, you know, the way it's mined is unjust, and that's not really that sustainable. And plus, all the other components in that car are made out of things that are. You know, no, it, my point is if becoming a righteous person this way is the goal, you're not going to, you'll just be depressed. You will not, you'll not get there. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so it's not just then my footprint, but also my footprint as it affects other people, um, more in other countries than in my own, um, how it, it, the burden that I place on them for the lifestyle Mm -hmm. that I live. So there's that aspect of things that, that is very difficult to kind of manage. And then you just look around and because there's a lot of information. Yeah. Um, and we usually are looking, it's interesting in environmental sciences. We look at the last hundred years, 150 years. We rarely take a look at the last uh, 10,000 years when we're talking about these things. Oh yeah. There's been all kinds of, uh, continents drifting and ice age. And yeah, I mean, I forget. I mean, just the last 10,000 years has been, kind of crazy yeah so but when you have uh uh seven billion people mm-hmm. and on earth and then you have an ability to communicate instantly yeah you have this buildup of information um i would argue that confirmation bias about whatever you think is yeah. much more likely to happen when you have more information oddly yeah. enough yeah, like yeah. when you so if you if you, think, you hit a certain flat line where you're gonna just it's just you're gonna say hey i have this yep. preponderance of evidence and so we then it doesn't really solve a lot of problems no doubt so i would say that snowing in california earthquakes in turkey etc etc is evidence that the earth is groaning under the weight of sin and it is not operating in the way it should does that mean that this we are near the end? I don't know. Right. Partly what I I was struck by reading Galatians chapter 1 two days ago, three days ago. I don't know when I was reading it. 
Uh, and Paul's giving his testimony, basically, in Galatians yeah. 1 and talking through things. And one of the things is he gets confirmed by John and Peter that he's encouraged to do is not to forget the poor. Yeah, right? It's very fascinating to me because part of it, I think, what the early church is saying is don't forget what's right in front of you. Oh, yeah. Don't get so caught up yep. in the larger narrative that you miss the the, the actual effects of sin right in front of your face yeah that's interesting that you bring up like the end i wasn't even thinking about that i i mentioned that we went through first thessalonians recently and that seems to be the message of first thessalonians people are wondering if the end is going to come maybe more for spiritual reasons in that in that um book but um paul seems to tell them go to work do your normal things um do the things that we've commanded you don't live any different um, that sounds like what you're saying right here. And I think that it's interesting because secular and religious people both fear the end just for different reasons. Um, religious people fear that God's had enough and he's going to strike us, uh, generally. And secular people fear that we've screwed it up so bad that it's going to all fall apart. And I just did a sermon on Noah and was kind of suggesting that it's always both. Like, and, but then the whole, what really the bigger question is, what do you, whose voice do you trust in the midst of it all? And so with Noah, it wasn't like the earth's gonna, I I don't think the big question was like, God's judgment is coming, Noah, hurry up and build your boat so that you don't get hurt. Um, You know, it's going to be really bad for everybody get on your boat. I mean, it was, it was something, but God designed a way of salvation for Noah that was very much of God and not of himself. That's why all the stinking instructions are there for the boat and stuff for the ark. And the thing was, Noah, will you, will you listen to my way through this or your own? And, I, and my suggestion was everybody on earth in the time of Noah was looking for the same relief from the, the trouble of sin as Noah was. They were just looking for it in all these different ways yeah. and, and ways that actually ended up becoming idolatry. So they were increasingly looking for relief by killing one another, looking for relief by um, drinking their yeah. their sorrows away, whatever the case. So I see that I see a similar thing today where um, whether I think Christians are starting to wonder about the weather, which in a way that I didn't used to see, but there's also all the is does this is this the the birth pains before the end, which you know technically every day we're a little bit closer. Um, so yes, it is the birth so, pains. So it is, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then secular people are like, oh no, we've blown it. You know, the we had one too many fossil fuel vehicles, and we've tipped the scales, and California California's gonna flood, and which might some of that might happen, sure. And that's that, and I, and I think I would say to that, that is the effect of sin and idolatry because all the ways that we consume and trample the poor and don't care for the earth, that's why do we do those things? Idolatry. We, something is more important to us than doing what God called us to do and more than God himself. Yeah. And, and that actually does lead to things like littering and greenhouse emissions and yeah. As well as lying, cheating, stealing, murder, right? Yeah. And 
building altars to fake gods, yeah. all of it. Yeah. And then, but then on the flip side, um, the biggest question I think as in the days of Noah is, so since this is not unknown to God, which is the hope that the Christian has, so what has he asked us to do? Yeah. What's his voice saying to do? And it's not um, freak out, yell at people, don't talk to anybody anymore, you know, hunker down and wait for the rapture. That's actually just never said ever, no matter how you view those things occurring. It's like you said, do the basics of faith. Yeah. Yeah. But you should also, you know, probably not throw your trash on the, on the side of the road because, because God's called us to take care of the earth. That's one of the basics. Well, and I think one of the important parts and I think this is hard for people is when it comes to submission, I'm supposed to submit to my government. Um, and so if my government says recycle, even if my government is taking that blue thing of recycling yeah. and not recycling it, I'm still called in my space mm-hmm. to do what they asked me to do, which is to properly put my recycling in there, try to do my best to recycle. And if I have an opportunity wherever I am to further recycling yeah, to then, go beyond that then do that i yeah. mean like if that's you know i hold a job or a position there or an influence there then i need to do that don't you think one of the things that gets in our way is we think it's just not making a difference and so it, and i think that's one of the the problems i we all have in just following jesus is you you try you do it and you feel like it's not really making a difference if i went and took things in my own hands maybe it'd make a bigger difference than yeah. trusting and following jesus and some of that Following Jesus is doing an environmental, um, or doing doing stewarding the earth in a way that doesn't really seem to to be having an impact. Having an impact. Yeah. Well, I will say, so I, I forget where I read this, um, but you know there was a, a study done as to like, well, why the question was asked was why did the French Revolution fail uh-huh. long term uh-huh. and the American Revolution succeed? Mm. And what they discovered was that the American Revolution, and Americans typically, and this is you can see this even now, is that Americans are able to gather during crisis without hierarchy and take care of things. Mm. And they've done this every. You see any crisis in the world, like Americans quickly gather and take care of things. But then they just all go back to, even if they disagree with each other completely in their political views, then they go back home and they <laughs> disagree with each other and go relive a different life. Which I read a book about ancient civilizations, by the way, and that's not, that. So there were ancient civilizations that acted this yes. way. Yes, this, this gathering together. So what it's fascinating. I also, so I think, and this is kind of what I concluded in reading this, is that Americans are crisis oriented. I remember what there's mm-hmm. an engineer here in our, uh, church and he said here's the difference between like you can see the difference of american engineers versus all other engineers uh, in world war ii so you come to a, a river and you can't cross it and the french are sitting there trying to figure out how we're going to build a bridge how we're going to do this um, and all other nations have these different approaches where americans drive up and they look at the river and they're like all right we're going to drive all six of our trucks into this it'll make a bridge and everybody drive over and the Americans have their entire army across the river long before the other armies are just, just trying to figure out how to build a bridge. And this is how Americans tend to think about things is how do we just quickly get this job done? Mm. And so we're crisis oriented people. 
So if there's a crisis, and this is why now we're looking at the weather and like, sure. maybe there's a crisis. What do we? Right. What action do we need to take to solve this crisis so we can all go back to our ordinary? Which is why other lives. other countries have been thinking about this for decades. <laughs> right. But we're just going. Hold on. Yeah, and also it snowed. This is weird. Yeah, what we also it? don't produce. I mean, we, in one way, we produce, we consume a lot more than everybody else, but we don't produce the same kinds of emission issues as, say, China or. Well, and and I'm, I mean, there's a lot to that. Like when I was in Chicago, Brock's Candy relocated to South America. Oh and, yeah, yeah, and we're moving things. Yeah. One one of the the trouble. It's great that we have these environmental policies, but we're also in doing so. Kind, you know, companies are just operating out of places that don't have them, which just boosts those other countries' issues. And that's partly our fault. Well, and I, I for the thing that's hard for me, and I, I think we have to wrestle with this, and I, I, and I mean, you have to pick the thing that you can deal with. But for instance, if you carry an iPhone, then you are accepting that there are 30 slaves yep. that were used basically per iPhone for you. Mm-hmm. And so when you carry that, you better carry it with a little bit more respect for your phone and for what you have in your hand. And some humility. And that, some humility. That you're not doing the right thing yes. all the time. Right? And you may want to rethink your, your iPhone. Maybe. or But my, my point being is you've got to understand that everything you do as a first world person in the United States yeah. has an oppressive impact on people in this world. Because getting your Android isn't going to fix it, no, nor, your, nor your Motorola flip phone, by the way. Well, even your light phone, if you guys yeah. are, you know, yeah. wanting to go for it. No, you're you're not. Fi- you're still the people, oppressed people probably made a critical amount of parts for that, too. Yeah. And so it's hard because th- this is where I talk about the righteousness side of it. I am actually for trying to make decisions in which you have the least environmental impact and you care for the earth. But to think that you are going to get to this place where you no longer feed the beast, no, you're not. No. Like, so the righteousness, and this is, this is key to the Christian message is out of reach for you. Yes. That now without the good news of the gospel, that would just lead most of us to go, well, then why try? Yeah. But underneath the good news of the gospel, that there is a grace that covers over all of your failures from a good God who still desires that you obey yeah. and care. Right. You can say, well, I can't get righteousness. Yeah but I can still keep trying because grace covers over all the failures. Yes. And I just want to go back to us because we're talking about environmental, the environmental world. I think if you, it's, I think we are in a time where God is at least turning things over or is asking Christians to begin to, to return, not to the first century church in the sense of we're all going to go to house churches and devote ourselves to the teachings of the apostles and, you know, but to a first century mindset of we are a different kingdom. Yeah. And if we live our lives out holistically as a different kingdom, we will transform our culture. We'll transform it environmentally. We'll transform the way yeah. they look at the poor. And it has this, if you look back at history, we've done that, but I think we've flatlined mm-hmm. and we, and it is time for a resetting of us as followers of Jesus in a more, I would say, I think a more committed way, mm-hmm. particularly American Christians. I think mm-hmm. we are being called 
to a new thing. I think I would not call it like we've been talking about Asbury. I would not call that a revival. I would call that a revivals are things that happen over a long period of time. So we don't know if it's a revival, but it is a renewal and an outpouring of the Holy spirit on young people. I think that's going to happen more. I think we're called to a, a fuller, more rich, deep, sacrificial discipleship mm-hmm. than we in in all areas in all areas and so that would be what i'm um one thing i'm grateful for in that has changed since my early ministry days is the i i think that divide that said oh this is a leftist issue or whatever um at least when it comes to this is starting to collapse thank god right like yeah. and i don't mean that flippantly really the other divides are are there we know but um but yeah i think we are being called to renew mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i i i'm at one level excited about that on the other level what it calls me to Ooh, do I is know. look at what i am holding tightly to in a yep. more in a much more serious way in a more analytical yeah. way yeah and, and not just oh Here's my set of behaviors that need to be fixed, but really what's my heart saying towards so many areas of my life from my consumption to the way I claim Jesus to how I'm operating with the poor, the way I articulate the gospel and practice the gospel mm-hmm. in the world. So, Yeah, there, the when you get into the demands of, of the gospel, like what, what it, it really demands everything. Mm-hmm. It supplies what it demands in that there is grace that motivates you, but it, it doesn't leave any area unscathed. So if you think, again, if you think you're going to get it right, you're not. But also as a Christian, grace is not a pass to not care Yeah. in any area, wh- whether it's spiritual renewal or, or daily practices or, yeah. Um, worship or the environment or you know the lives of of uh, the unborn or the prisoner or the the soldier in the other country or any of it yeah yep and i think the temptation is when you hear something like this is to get very overwhelmed yes and i think the beauty of it is that god has put a particular call for a particular thing in front of you and it's undeniable yeah. And it's just the first step. You do not yeah. need to figure everything out. You can't do everything. Just right. do the thing yeah. that's put in front of you. Yep. I agree. So. All right. Well, hey, thanks, man. Thanks for chatting that through. Uh, sorry, quick breakfast, but uh, hey. hey. Hey, quick breakfast, man. You've been listening to Faith Over Breakfast with Pastor Eric Siepen and Pastor Andy Littleton. Please share us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you.